everybody. It's Tracks. It's Wednesday, November 7th, and it's time for episode 270 of Patriot's Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com and follow us on Twitter at PatriotsCLNS for all football coverage, including your New England Patriots. The Pats head into this game, uh, this week's game, on a roll to say the least. They started one and two and have now won six straight. They're seven and two, hot on the heels of the eight and one Chiefs in the AFC. They're coming off perhaps their best defensive game of the year, holding Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to just 17 points in a 31-17 Sunday night win. For the second time this year, they take on a team coached by someone Bill Belichick knows pretty well. As a matter of fact, Belichick said this week that Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Vrabel was a natural for a NFL head coaching position. To discuss the latest stop on the Bill Belichick reunion tour this Sunday in Belichick's birthplace of Nashville's longtime NFL columnist and and now writer and radio personality covering the Titans, Paul Kaharski. Paul, welcome. Appreciate the invite. How you doing? I am doing very well. You uh, you had a busy night uh, on Monday night, so you have a short week. How's that treating you? How was Dallas? Uh, it was quick. It was in and out. I'm still recovering from Europe, to be honest with you. I turned it into a little bit of a family vacation and uh, got back and I've been kind of sick ever since, and Ooh. it is not going away. I think my medicine is broken, but I am soldiering on. I am sorry to hear that. Uh, that was a heartbreaking game, as a matter of fact, for the Titans. Um, that win Monday night was good uh, in terms of uh, get, coming back off the bye, and uh, obviously that last-second uh, loss when Mike Vrabel went for two points against the Chargers. Are people in Tennessee still talking about that decision? Well, they've moved on now and feeling pretty good about themselves after the Dallas win. Um, I think the consensus was that they liked the aggression going for the two point conversion, going for the win, but not the play call. I didn't, I didn't necessarily like going for it because it took the Titans a lot to get into the end zone there to, to score. They really needed, uh, every drop of the, uh, every ounce of the, the four downs to get into the end zone. Uh, and I thought they could have driven down there again and had four more chances to get in as opposed to uh, a one-shot deal. But, uh, you know, they played aggressive against Philadelphia, um, going for a win instead of a tie uh, in overtime, and it paid off. So that's going to be who they are, and uh, and they're 50-50 at this point with that kind of thing. I say this is a Bill Belichick reunion tour, Paul, but it's actually a Patriots reunion tour. GM John Robinson, as you know, a former Belichick scout here in New England, Dion Lewis, Logan Ryan, and of course, Malcolm Butler. Patriots fans, uh, Paul, you can imagine, can't seem to get enough Malcolm Butler news. Asked about him on Tuesday and recalling the Malcolm Go call at the end of Super Bowl 49 that led to the game-saving interception of Russell Wilson, um, Patriots linebackers coach Brian Flores said, it takes me back to a great memory. I have a Obviously, I have a good history with Malcolm. I think he's a great player, an incredible player. Well, um, I think a lot of people in Tennessee are wondering uh, what tape uh, Brian Flores is watching right now because yeah. it's not been a great start. Um, you you tweeted on uh, Tuesday um, uh, this very um, telling statistic, I would say, per pro football focus. Butler has allowed eight completions on 11 targets for 108 yards and two touchdowns. He's allowed 39 catches this year for 618 yards, seven touchdowns. All three marks are league highs among cornerbacks. Ouch. Yeah, and uh, I don't like to, to cite 
pro football focus is the be all end all, right? Uh, or you know, one one take. He's not been good. I mean, he gave up two touchdowns. Uh, you know, and I, I think expectations of cornerbacks are ridiculous. But he he's the worst of what the Titans are putting on the field right now. Um, he's playing, you know, not in the nickel spot, but he's playing the nickel snaps, which means he's not even a starter. Right. Um, which is not what you want out of a $30 million guaranteed guy. He had a great training camp. He had his hand on balls constantly. Um, it was very impressive, but, uh, I was saying, you know, these are not very good receivers he's going against. Let's, uh, let's keep that in mind. And you are, excuse me. Oh, go ahead. And, um, you know, listen, I didn't love the signing because I think when you're paying huge money like that, you need to be paying for a tr- uh, one outstanding trait, you know, uh, incredible right. speed, incredible ball skills, incredible something. And and what they they were selling with Malcolm Butler was incredible competitiveness. Well, the Patriots showed you you can get incredible competitiveness in an undrafted rookie free agent. Uh, I, I think there are cheaper avenues to incredible competitiveness than than the one the Titans took there. He's not been very good. I think he's a little bit uh, of a head case right now, and nobody's going to be better able to take advantage of that than Bill Belichick. I, I think they should be thinking about playing LaShawn Sims, their fourth cornerback, who's pretty good. And uh, But yesterday Mike Vrabel poo-pooed that notion right. when I asked him about it at the press conference. Um, you are a co-host on the Midday 180 on 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. And on Tuesday, you had uh, Logan Ryan, a former Patriot, of course, uh, on the air. And you uh, he said that Malcolm might be putting pressure on himself um, to be more than he has to be. He responded at the end of the game, we're going to need him, uh, Logan told you guys. I think he will do a better job if he's the Malcolm Butler I know. So what does that mean? Well, I don't know that he could do uh you know, I'm not a, like, cut the guy or get out of the contract or any kind of reactionary like that. You know, they're halfway through now, and he's been bad. They are going to need him at, at some point. But, I, I, you know, I can't help but wonder if the thing to do right now isn't to to hit pause on him in some way, shape, or form. The Titans have the best scoring defense in uh, in the league. Think about this. The Titans have mm-hmm. the best scoring defense in the league. And their biggest acquisition, their biggest addition to the starting 11 or their top 12, if you want to, you know, now make it a nickel thing, who got $30 million guaranteed is a liability. And they still have the top scoring defense in the league. It's rather remarkable to think about it that way. You know, I don't know if you need to hit pause on them or whatever. They're not getting anywhere close to where they want to go with him playing like this, I don't think. Well, they've gotten to, to four and four and overcome some bad stuff, even with him playing poorly. Um, but in many ways, he's kind of the, the story. And, and to go to the bigger Patriots thing, Logan Ryan's been very good here. Um, Deion Lewis now, two games in a row, has been pretty effective. You know, Josh Klein as a waiver wire pickup was, was a good, effective guy. Yep. They give him pretty good money on a second contract. That seems too much to me. And, uh, and and we've covered Butler pretty thoroughly. I think John Robinson's batting about 500 on uh, expatriates and, and should probably uh, be, be expanding the circle a little bit more than he has. I promise you, okay, um, Paul, 
speaking with Paul Kuharski covering the Titans. Uh, you can follow his uh, terrific stuff on Twitter at Paul at Paul Kaharski, and you can also follow him at uh, paulkaharski.com. I'm going to ask you one more question about Malcolm, and we'll move on. Okay, I promise. Sure. sure. Has Malcolm Butler, do you think, and you've, I'm sure you've spoken with him about it, uh, put the Super Bowl snub finally behind him? Um, I mean, I think so. There's not much he could do about it. He'll probably revisit it in his head this week. Um you know, I think the biggest thing you could do to put it behind him is to to, to play like the Malcolm Butler that was, uh, you know, a big find in New England and that, that helped him win a Super Bowl instead of the Malcolm Butler that got benched for whatever reason um, in the most recent Super Bowl, and he hasn't done that. So, um, you know, I don't know how much it is about putting it behind him as kind of quashing the question from everybody else which I think is going to eternally be out there. It's just a matter of the volume on it. And he's done nothing to turn the volume down on it. Uh, That's good. I mean, that's really basically all you could probably ask from Malcolm. It's a tough position he's in. He's got to play better, and there's really nothing else that can be said about it at this point as he faces his former team, the Patriots, uh, this Sunday at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Speaking with Titans beat writer Paul Kaharski and co-host of the Midday 180 on 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about the future of journalism. If you haven't seen it by now, here's your chance to join a sports revolution. It's called The Athletic. Go to The Athletic dot com slash patsbeat all lowercase and sign up now for forty percent off. That's the athletic dot com slash patsbeat all lowercase for your first subscription to the athletic for less than three dollars a month. I was just reading Jeff Howe's terrific breakdown of film from Sunday night's win over the Packers. There's great analysis and insight you won't find anywhere else. And like the like the how and the why the Pats D is starting to truly make believers out of those who once doubted them. And there's Matt Chatham's great weekly insight to the X's and O's. The Athletic is a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for diehard fans. The model is simple. No ads, no pop-ups, and no autoplay videos. Go to theathletic.com, Patsbeat, all lowercase. Again, that's theathletic.com slash patsbeat for 40% off. Subscribe now and be part of the future of sports journalism. Speaking again with longtime NFL writer Paul Kaharski covering the Titans at paulkaharski.com. You mentioned Dion Lewis a little while ago, Paul, and uh, he had a season-long 30-yard reception from Marcus Mariota Monday night to go along with the 18-yard TD uh, reception. Four catches, 60 yards, 33 catches, 259 yards. Um, as a receiver this year, 92 carries on the ground with a 3.7-yard average. Has he been basically everything that uh, the Titans expected when they signed him in the offseason? Four years, $20 million? No, it's been slow coming. These last two games have been better. Uh, offensive line hasn't been very good, so that's part of it. You know, the screens have been hit or miss, really more miss. The good ones have been great. Uh, the misses have been, you know, no gains, uh, blown up pretty quickly. A um, lot of lot of runs that really haven't produced anything. That, that's, uh, you know, partly there's nothing for him to, to go get, um, but partly, you know, his, his inability to do much. Um, you know, but on the ones where he breaks free, you say there's there's the guy that they went and got. You know, it's supposed to be a two-headed monster with Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry um, really, uh, you know, 
he he is uh, a home run hitter in in the body of a guy everybody thinks is a battering ram. So he's a very difficult guy to kind of come to terms with because he's not a battering ram. Right. And he's just not he's just not been good. Now uh, against Dallas, he had you know six carries for something like twenty seven yards and a nice touchdown, and it was a very uh, supplemental uh, supplemental role, a complementary role. I think they're heading more that direction. Chris Mortensen reported they tried to deal him. Uh, I'm not surprised they didn't because he got no real value. Um, nobody's nobody's eager to to acquire what he's been bringing. But that to me signals, you know, these are his last eight games with this team. They have to find some kind of parallel track to use Henry, uh, even though he doesn't factor into their long term plan. It doesn't seem to me, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's now Deion Lewis you know is going to be more uh, closer to 75 percent than to 50 is is it fair to say uh paul that um the rpo is one of the things they're trying to get lewis going i mean because there's one play the other night that the uh touchdown on the flip to janu smith where the ball was in lewis's hands and he i believe the defensive end came off the edge actually tackled lewis and mariota did a great job pulling the ball out at the last second and and flipping to smith for the go-ahead score um is that lewis's biggest role on this uh, I mean, they don't do it a great deal. He certainly can be a dangerous guy when Mariota is doing it. I mean, they talked about there being three options in, on that play, and I think it was a very uh, clever, smart, effective play. I don't see a scenario really, though, on that play where they're doing anything except shoveling it to Johnny Smith. So, I mean, I think it's effective that Mariota keeps it in there for a long time to make that uh, defensive end or whoever was crashing in from the side pay complete attention to Deion Lewis to help free up John U. Smith. I think it was effectively done, but uh, I have a hard time believing they were going to do anything but what they ultimately did. Uh, certainly, Deion Lewis fits nicely with the whole. Um, you know, you gotta you, you gotta pick uh, you, you gotta pick whether you're going with him or not going with him. I think they need to do it a little bit more to help Marcus Mariota, and I've been contemplating a lot this week. The teams that have kind of chosen to spy Marcus Mariota right. and to kind of hem him in with their perimeter guys, you know, rushing but with a disciplined style, um, I think have really done a good job against the Titans. And the teams that haven't really concentrated hard on doing that have given him uh, the freedom that makes him a far better quarterback uh, Dallas let him be a far better quarterback. I wouldn't think for a second that Belichick would let him move freely in a way that makes him more comfortable. Well, the, there was the uh, the touchdown run where Mariota waited and waited and then sprinted right up the middle when it uh, the middle of the field parted like the Red Sea in, in the Dallas defense. And I yeah, and there's one guy there who you think, oh, that you right. know he's going to get six yards here, but he's going to get popped, and then he just you know curves around that guy and he barely got an arm on him how's it been uh covering marcus mariota i mean is he going to reach that net or do people in tennessee believe he is on the brink of reaching that next level or is he flattened out yeah it's more that he's flattened out i mean that was a really good game on uh on sunday night we're that we're in this never-ending circle now of you know um, he's not good enough. The receivers are dropping everything, which makes him not good enough. The offensive line isn't protecting him well enough, which is crushing his chances. You know, Baltimore came in here and sacked him 11 times. Um, 
so it's a who's to blame thing. But they're also approaching the decision point on the money. So his fifth-year option uh, was executed last year. He's under contract for, for roughly $20 million next year. But when do you do the long-term deal? You know, you watch him on Monday night, and you say, all right, do the long-term deal. But you watch him the three games before that, and you're like, i got to see a lot more before I'm giving him a long-term deal that approaches the kind of money guys are getting right now. And that's where I am. Right. Um, you know, you could franchise him after next year if you needed. I just need to see more over a consistent period of time. And I don't buy the thing, and I don't like teams that do it around the league who say, you know, um, well, who are you going to get that's better? You know, I, I think, you know, they're probably only – 12 teams that have quarterbacks that you would definitely say you would take over him, which is fine. I like him a lot. I mean, I've said for the longest time, I think he has the skill set and the mindset to be an effective winning NFL quarterback. Um, This is his third coordinator in his fourth year, which is disappointing. They need to plug it in, surround him better and, and leave it alone. But, he needs to elevate some people and play more consistently week to week. Here's a situation again, you know, great game against Dallas. I'm not expecting the Titans to do very well against the Patriots because people don't do very well against the Patriots. But, but after that, the Titans have a very, um, handleable. Yeah. I, I saw the end of their, their schedule and it's I not need to difficult see consistent play from him. I mean, they got Indianapolis twice. They've got rematches with Jacksonville and Houston. They've got uh, Jets and Giants. Giants. They've got uh, Washington. They they need consistent quarterback play to lead the way, and he's got to uh, get people onto the side of that he's the long-term answer here. Uh, I hope he is. It'd be great for this organization if he was. Um, and I'm not saying there's an easy alternative out there, but I do think there is a tough decision. I got to tell you, Paul. I mean, you, you take a look at the Monday night game at Houston um, on November twenty sixth. Throw that game out. The rest of those games are definitely winnable. I mean, like all of those games are winnable. You you would agree? They have great success against Jacksonville. Jacksonville kind of tanked. Um, you know, I don't know what the Colts are right now, really. And the Titans have historically, uh, up until last year, had some real difficulty with the Colts. But that should be uh, that that should be a team that at minimum they can split with. Now, Jets and Giants have got to beat, and I'm not a big believer in Washington. But I mean, if they're going to lose one or two there, I, I, I'd say they should win three out of four. Speaking with longtime NFL columnist and Titans beat writer Paul Kaharski. Hey everybody, I want to tell you about a new wellness brand for men. It's called Hims. With the windy winter months coming up, I want my skin to feel clean and fresh. That's why I swear by Hims. Everyday Moisturizer. It's a daily moisturizer that you won't want to give up on because it won't give up on you. This light moisturizer helps your skin from looking overly shiny or oily. Hims is also great for another common problem, hair loss. 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. Thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. It's always easier to keep the hair that you have than to replace the hair 
that you've lost. The solution, 4 It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. There's well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Order now. My listeners get a trial month of Hims for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Go to 4 Hims.com slash trags. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash T-R-A-G-S for hims dot com slash trags. Speaking with Paul Kaharski, uh, covering the Titans. You can read his work at paulkaharski.com. Let's finish up talking about Bill Belichick's favorite big game receiving tight end, Mike Vrabel. He has a pretty distinctive style. You, you would, you would agree, Paul? Yeah, I mean, he's just a different guy, and uh, I, I really appreciate that uh, that they went outside the box. I I, uh, I don't love the the recycled um, guys that we've seen uh, over and over. Heck, we're seeing it with Gruden in Oakland, who I promise you I was saying I didn't love the idea uh, even before it, it went south. But certainly a guy like Mike Malarkey, who did some good work here, uh, it was hard to, to get people to rally around somebody like that. And, uh, you know, the Titans are hardly a revolutionary offense so far. Um, <clears throat> but they're striving to be part of the modern NFL. And, and the Titans haven't been part of the modern NFL in some time. So uh, I think just on that alone. And, look, he talks common sense. You know, he's, he doesn't always answer directly what you're talking about, but he, he sure helps try, tries to, to give you some information, some insight. You know, just the other day when I was talking about the LaShawn Sims versus Malcolm Butler, right? I said, you know, is it, is it time to take a look at LaShawn, LaShawn Sims there? And he said, no, he's not as good at, in practice. How many coaches are going to say that outright? Well, he certainly didn't get that from uh, Bill Belichick, I don't think. I mean, Bill would no. not tell you one way or another. Uh, he would, you know, keep everything very close to the vest. It's always interesting to me how when you have coaches or former players who become coaches who leave the Belichick tree, they don't always, you know, behave in a Belichickian manner. And uh, I think that's a, a fascinating trait to kind of uh, track around the NFL. Uh, Josh McDaniel certainly was different when he went to Denver, um, but and Bill O'Brien is his own guy in Houston, but um, I, I think Mike Vrabel has um, the ability, just on the outside, Paul, to really command respect of his players, and it, is that the case? I mean, do, does everybody in the, on that uh, team really respect uh, his knowledge and his ability to uh, coach that team? I think they love his energy, his vibe, and his youth. You know, not only did he play, and guys like coaches who play, played recently. You know, so he can really relate to to um, not just kind of the ebb and flow of uh, how tired you are, how beat up you may be, the kind of rest you need, um, but, but kind of the the emotional ebb and flow of it. And, uh, you know, I think, too, his ability to simplify. I told you if we did these five things, we'd win, you know? Right. And we did these five things and we won. Or, look, I told you if we did these five things, uh, we'd win, and we didn't do these five things and we lost. It's pretty simple. Like, there's nothing complicated to discuss here about why we lost that game because we didn't do the, the things that we talked about doing. And I need to coach better, 
so that we could do those five things and we need to play better. He's, he's a pretty straightforward guy, but he's got a an energy and a calm about him that's just different. And I think that's why he's in the job. You know, uh, the first thing John Robinson said was uh, leader of men. Um, and that, that can sound hokey, um, but but I think it's dead on. He's he's just got kind of a, uh, a way about him that I think uh, screams football coach. You know, take away his size uh, and his look and stick his personality right. in a room. And if you were picking jobs for people, I think people could very easily say football coach for that guy. I want to let you go, Paul, and get better because you've got a big game coming up on Sunday, and I really appreciate you taking time out. How can people follow you on Twitter and online? At Paul Kuharski NFL on Twitter is the easiest way to find me. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook at Tennessee Titans Kuharski. Uh, I hope you'll check out both as we head into this matchup. And I, I want to thank you for the invitation. Uh, a lot of good questions, good conversation. I apologize for the background noise. That um, wasn't the most professional to be pumping gas, but <laughs> the alternative was for me not to make uh, make it to work. And I know you didn't want that hanging over your head. Either. I did not. And and I'm sure you went with su- Supreme, right? 93 Octane. Uh, no, I'm happy to report that my newest car, which is only a couple years old, does not require the ripoff <laughs> of Supreme. And it runs beautifully. That's good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. I'm sure you will be taking said automobile to the game on uh, Sunday, uh, and we will definitely be reading up on uh, on your site and uh, also. Uh, this is the uh, golden age of radio where we can listen online. If you are so inclined, you are also, right, the co-host of the Midday 180 on 104.5 The Zone. Which you can stream at 104.5thezone.com. We are on uh, 10 to 2 Central, so that would be, if my math is correct, um, 11 to 3 Eastern. Jason and Devin McCourty, by the way, here's a good tidbit for you, were invited onto the Logan Ryan show uh, on my show, a tit-for-tat agreement where he would have gone on uh, their podcast or whatever it is that they do. Right. And they, of course, were denied permission <laughs> to uh, come and speak freely with us. I sent Jason a, uh, a good gif expressing my feelings that his, uh, his not being allowed to come on. And, and we can, I'm sure, find that uh, gif at uh, Paul Kaharski NFL on uh, Twitter, correct? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't tweeted it, but I should. Uh, it was a good one. Uh, we, I'm sure uh, you will get around to doing that. I want to thank Paul Kaharski. Thanks for the invite. I enjoyed I enjoyed speaking with you. It was uh, a pleasure. I want to also thank our great sponsors, The Athletic and Hymns, for producer Mike Alonji, our executive producer Larry H. Russell, and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. This is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media.